do you want to get the show started? After an hour of fiddling around with the recording devices, after doing the dishes, after getting the cat off of the table about 20 different times, is that, should we get the show going? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's do that. Welcome, folks. This is episode number 21 of Our Kids Asleep. Currently, we have episode 20 in the can, but for whatever reason, I don't, I don't know what happened, but we missed out on like two months of podcasting. Is it's it been really? like a, no, like a month and a months. half. It feels like it, doesn't it? Okay, it's been about a month, I guess. It's been a month. Let's, let's call it a month. And do you kind of want to talk a little bit about what happened? Yeah. What in the hell happened? And just an FYI, in case you didn't know, this is Jay Alejandro and my wife. Maddie. And we host this podcast about getting together and uh, and talking with friends every now and then. And also uh, toasting uh, our glasses of wine over things that we might find awesome or strange. So, okay, let's, let's get back on track. What happened? Um, I don't really know. Um... We, I feel like we just got off track. I mean, you were really busy with work. Yes. And and that I think was the main thing was that we kind of a big change. Yeah, this is, this is real life stuff. So I I got a new job a month and a half ago. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, I guess two months now. Yeah. And in that transition period, I mean, the world just sort of changed and the priorities had to be reevaluated and while it was never my intention and our intention to to stop podcasting it, it felt like it was the last thing that we that we could get to just because of sheer lack of energy at the end of the week or usually Friday nights or Saturdays when we we would record this podcast it would just get so difficult to to gather everything around and, and collect our thoughts to put put together a good show for you guys that it just kind of started fading into the into the background, and the last episode that we had recorded, uh, which is which is a month or so old, uh, and I, I do want to issue an apology to our, our good friends, uh, uh, B Rad and Teresa and Steve, because we had such a great time, but we I just haven't been able to do the the editing of the of the podcast, so I'm gonna get to that probably this weekend, and then we're gonna kick it into high gear and get back into this thing because as as we were saying it it took me like 45 minutes just to kind of set up everything the way that we had it our system was kind of uh skewed a little bit but we hope to get back on track to make sure that we uh continue learning and having fun and we hope that you folks join us so here we go what are the three things that we're going to talk about um profanity okay i had mentioned this to maddie because it I feel that I got a little too cerebral listening to uh, a lot of the dialogue online and just our previous uh, episodes. It felt like I wasn't sure because if if you know me, I'm I'm a fan of of language. I'm a fan of profanity. I'm a fan of of powerful words and 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 to try to maximize the the impact that you can have with your words. It's just kind of what we do when we write, when we, we become students of performance, right? And I think that what happened is, as I was looking back at some of the episodes that we had recorded, I got a little self-conscious because I wasn't sure if I was using profanity in the way that I wanted to use it. 
And that's not to say that, you know, some people might say, well, well, man, listen, all profanity is bad. That's the opinion that some people might have. But I, I'm of the opinion that swear words, quote unquote, bad words, profanity is something that that should be used to heighten and to to clarify and to make something more immediate. It's it's a group of words that are still on the on the docket of of your of your language that you can use. So I just don't feel like like I feel like we should take advantage of those words. You know, they shouldn't be put on a pedestal. They should be used appropriately for whatever situation you you need them to. But I understand that that's not the feeling that most people have on it and just looking back on some of some of the recordings I feel like maybe I, I've used it as a crutch and I haven't really like used it in the way that I that I feel that it should be used. So mm. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that, but that's just kind of where I was coming from, where I, from listening to some of the older episodes. Mm. But what kind of dialogue is there online about it? Well, you know how people normally are. It's like, how can I take you seriously if you're if you're using swear words and bad words and blah 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 and all that stuff. Mm. It's just that that's the general consensus. There's there's a divide of people who really think that that profanity is is destroying language and there's other folks who feel that profanity is just an extension of language it's part of it mm. so well, i would just say this podcast isn't for you if you <laughs> don't like profanity move along move along folks <clears throat> it's a free Which, country you know it's it's not to say that i'm gonna try to go cold turkey on profanity mm-hmm. because i clearly cannot <laughs> if if you know me i know but, what you mean though i think that you know, there are moments where I find myself um, using the a word too much or because, unnecessarily or whatever. Right, because you want to articulate it the best you can. And that's what I'm getting at is I, by using my favorite swear words, I haven't been able to to practice or rehearse that that notion of trying to clarify and articulate my my opinion or my comments as best as I can, because I love swearing. Swearing well, is my favorite thing. I think that in a in a conversational setting, this is not a rehearsal. This is not a rehearsed conversation. This right. is a this is a spontaneous conversation. Exactly. And so, you know, I think we need to give ourselves a little bit of leniency when it comes to <laughs> yeah to the words we use and how we communicate. And you know, I think everybody is aware of their audience you know obviously when you're at work you maybe don't swear as much unless you're particularly familiar with the person you're with or Uh you know if you're with your parents maybe you don't swear as much or you know depending on who you're with Mm -hmm. will dictate how you speak and when we're talking we're very comfortable with each other of course and Swearing isn't something that I even think twice about when I'm with you. So that's just sort of the the natural, our natural state. Oh my goodness. There was this huge lightning bolt just striking the same place. Like, like God was really pissed (laughs) at that particular area of town. Oh, (laughs) sorry. Um, It's okay. Uh, But yeah, I don't. um... And we don't have to to beat this into the ground. I, I just mainly wanted to say that for me, I... I'm setting that kind of, of um, consideration for myself where mm-hmm. if I'm trying to make a point and I, I do, I never get argumentative really, that's not in my nature, but if I do get worked up about something, you know, there's other words to reach for just because I, I do want to work on 
my ability to reach for the right words at the right time Mm -hmm. in this sort of semi-live setting because we don't edit very much. I just take out, you know, a couple of things here and there. But Mm -hmm. for the most part, this is the language that we're using right now. And there's there's not too too many gimmicky things that we do. Mm -hmm. So just a little thing for me to work on. And um, I guess that was a pretty long prologue. (laughs) into this podcast but uh let's let's move along let's uh do something fun and uh try to find uh a good review that we can tink to to get back on track we could talk about crazy rich asians and always be my maybe yeah because we were fortunate to watch those two movies about a month ago and they were you know they were very interesting films we were very very glad that these movies were out and we were able to see them, uh, and all of America was able to see them. Um, but I am partial, of course, 100% to always be my my maybe. Yeah, I am too. And I watched, so I watched Crazy Rich Asians. Did you watch that with me? I, I was doing a little bit of work. Um, I don't know what I was doing back here. Um, but yeah, as you were, as you were watching yeah. it. Yeah. So I watched that movie first. And I wanted to see, I wasn't like chomping at the bit to see it necessarily but mm-hmm. um i did uh i did end up watching it and i did enjoy it um it's it's a typical rom-com with a it's it's a fairly yeah it, it's one of those rags to riches kind of kind of movies it felt but it was nice to see it in a new setting with uh you know with normally um a fully asian cast fully asian cast which was awesome yeah it was it was pretty great and exciting to see um and that was you know that that really is something that as a white person i've never had to think about yeah representation (laughs) because i'm represented in everything right and i see those movies and i'm like good for you guys that's pretty badass i hope that you know we can get another like water for chocolate or something like that Mm -hmm. which was a pretty mexican thing or like a walk in the clouds which is still a a romantic kind of movie that's still close to to the hearts of some mexicans or maybe not i mean is it a a stereotype thing do you remember that movie no okay i mean i i know of the movie but i don't maybe we should talk about it because this is the thing that that we have with my family is that a lot of movies that are considered stereotypical my my family you know of course i'm mexican in case you guys didn't know (laughs) uh we love those movies like people have a fit with nacho libre people Mm -hmm. have a fit with with movies where um hispanic latin american people or or you know anyone of of that background is is sort of pigeonholed in 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 a way and i think watching those movies when i grew up gave me such comfort because my family loved those movies that i feel at home with them where some people just feel completely put off by them and so i'm curious how crazy rich asians is going to is going to age, how it's going to grow. But more importantly, what it's doing that I think is great is it's opening the floodgates for mm-hmm. those kinds of movies to be made, yeah. which is a victory for for all minorities. I think that's pretty badass. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I just keep digressing into all kinds of <laughs> shit stuff. Um, so <laughs> so cra- Crazy Rich Asians uh, was my... In terms of romantic comedies, mm-hmm. it's good. Yeah, it's a I good romantic so. comedy, it, and you know, it's sort of the fairy tale. You know, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's about a girl who meets this guy and they're dating. 
And she doesn't realize that he's from a super wealthy family back right. in China. And, I oh, know Singapore. Singapore. They live in That's Singapore. Right. That's right. Um, and so she goes back home with him to meet his family. And they're going to a wedding. They're going to be in a wedding. Right. And she has no idea how rich they are until she gets there. Yeah. And, and I... I do appreciate this. This is something that I thought was really cool was that she is the prototypical American who yeah. picked herself up by her bootstraps. She worked really hard. She's super smart. And she's the kind of person that you really like, like you, you see as kind of like an ideal. It's like, oh, I want to be with that person. Somebody who's mm-hmm. hardworking and kind of like takes all the boxes of a success story in America. Mm-hmm. But when she gets into this new environment with this kind of um, country that has this really severe hierarchy, mm-hmm. it's like she she's not, they don't consider her to be anything yeah. at all. And that was so demoralizing, you know, where I felt like, man, that lady's being a piece of shit. She's yeah. not being very nice. Well, they were pretty much like, you're not wealthy. You're not from a wealthy family. Right. You work too much. You're too smart. You're not going to make a good mother because you're going to be yeah, gone all the yeah. time. Like, you're not going to be a good family woman. Right. And that was essentially their argument against her was was all of that. Um, so it's just sort of a typical sort of like monster-in-law scenario where the mother-in-law is sort of terrible and the girl has to try to oh, win and, her over and, and, and that know, kind I of did, stuff. This is a moment where I felt like like we had differing opinions because I saw a lot of my family in that situation just because of of that difference of of point of view mm-hmm. where tradition is such an important thing obviously not as much as is that particular family but i still get the sense every now and then where tradition is is reeling in the back of my mind somewhere and it's guiding my my decision making process until like the the american me is is sort of realizing okay well there's the real me is somewhere in between and, and I'm able to kind of set that aside, but that's the part that I kind of empathize with kind of naturally is, is that kind of tradition based thing. Uh, so I thought I was like, well, you know, give her a chance. So I was, I was just kind of wanting to tell you, you know, like maybe she's not as bad as she seems or maybe she'll turn it around. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> or maybe she's a bitch. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe she's a mean monster in law. Yeah. Um, so that, that's that movie. And I, at the end of it, I was like, okay, like that was a fine movie. I wasn't blown. I'm not like romantic comedies really have to be something special for me Mm -hmm. to really give a shit. So (laughs) I'm just like, I was like, I (laughs) I understand the importance of this movie and I respect that. Um, but I'm not going to like. It's it's not in your top ten. It's yeah, not one of those that's, that's going like, to have. So, a, it's not it going to have a shelf life for you. Yeah. And, um, and then uh, I don't know. A few weeks later, we watched Always Be My Maybe. I bet you it was the same week. It, it okay, maybe it was like the a same couple week. of days I don't know. later. It wasn't that, that far. It. Yeah. Um, which is the uh, Netflix movie uh, created by Ali Wong, who is the Asian comedian. And she's a maze. I love her. Ali Wong is hilarious and insanely talented. Yeah. And so we we already went in with this this idea that this was going to be more up our alley. And mm-hmm. sure enough, when the movie started, the the way the relationship was built was so clever and new. And it felt less like it was trying to fit into a mold of a romantic comedy and more of like, this is this is us doing our thing. And obviously, it is a pretty straightforward romantic comedy. It follows a lot of those beats. But... 
it just felt like it was more of our, our type of movie. Mm-hmm. It was a little quirky and, and obscene and funny. Yeah. And um, yeah, we just love Ali Wong. And, you know, yeah, and I, I kind of knew going into it, knowing what her stand-up is like. And, <laughs> you know, she's raunchy and she's irreverent. And um, she has a lot of really just great stories about growing up as an immigrant and her, yeah. you know, what, what that's like to have, like, immigrant parents. And yeah. Um, and the way they handled tradition, the way they mm-hmm. handled um, immigrants living in America, it felt more poignant to to any immigrant who who came to to this country. And they that, kind of opened it up a bit and made it more welcoming. And that and, was actually a criticism that I saw a lot of crazy rich Asians was that like, oh, people are like losing their minds about crazy rich Asians, but it's like. Um, what about the Rick, like, what about Asians who aren't crazy rich? Like, this is a fairy tale scenario. This is not, yeah, you know, yeah. this is not a real, but um, there, that's, I mean, I think for... that, I think that criticism is sort of, it, I don't know, that criticism I think is sort of moot because that's exactly what that is. It's a exactly. fairy tale. Exactly. And it doesn't have any basis at. in reality. Yeah, so it's it's giving them, um, you know, giving that particular demographic, and not I'm not talking about the the Asian American market or the Asian market overseas that's going to enjoy this movie a lot, but um, folks who have that desire to to live out those kinds of fantasies of of rags to riches, uh, that's a movie for them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's primarily the the target audience because it's a dream a dream sequence, mm-hmm. pretty much, and. Uh, Always Be My Maybe felt more like a down-to-earth yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, and, and Always Be My Maybe, just so for you, those of you who haven't seen it, who haven't had a chance to catch it yet, um, or maybe you don't know who Ali Wong is, and you... And you're missing out. Yeah, you're missing out. She's wonderful. Um, Always Be My Maybe is... Um, I hate to compare it to other movies because it's it feels really singular to me, mm-hmm. but it is sort of a, uh, my best friend's wedding scenario where the except flopped so the the man Mm -hmm. has had feelings for her since high school or whatever as long as they've known each other yeah and um he wants to he's struggling to tell her how he feels and then all of a sudden she's she's sort of blowing up in her career and Mm -hmm. but see but see what's happening though it's hard to to put into one kind of 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 uh, not genre because obviously it's still a romantic comedy but it's hard to pinpoint what happens and how it happens mm-hmm. because it defies the conventions yeah. of of a romantic comedy really well. So they do have a history, which is kind of, you know, something that's fairly familiar, but the way that they go about coming back together, which is inevitably what happens in a lot of these mm-hmm. films, it's so unique mm-hmm. and so funny and so refreshing that I think it's it's a great win for not just Ali Wong and, um, and Randall Park and Randall Park who who were tremendous. They had yeah, such they really great good. chemistry, uh, and he's funny as hell too. Like yeah. he's just got perfect timing. Yeah. Uh, in case you don't know who Randall Park is, he was uh, Jim's stand-in for uh, that <laughs> yeah, episode where <laughs> he was. He's also super famous for being on um, Fresh Off the Boat. That's right. That's yeah. like his yeah big claim to fame. I think. And so they they just gel together really well. They're really good together. The journey is well worth it. So I would highly recommend that movie. Just uh, brace yourselves for a little bit of raunchy party humor. It's not a lot. No, it's pretty tame for Ali Wong. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) If you've ever seen her stand up, I mean. And uh, keep an eye out for, oh, go ahead. 
Oh, I was just going to say she does a lot of jo- jokes about eating ass. <laughs> it's just to pre like to just warn anybody. Throwing it out there. Before you watch her comedy. <laughs> oh if you, she talks about it a lot. It's like a whole bit about it. You do realize that like you, you say shit like that sometimes and I start blushing. Like <laughs> You're such a prude. Um, <laughs> See where I tell you about tradition and Catholicism coming back and yeah. rearing its head. Yeah. It's still in I there. I just wanted to give someone a warning. Like, they're just going into Ali Wongland with no idea who she is or what she does. Yeah, you got you to brace yourself. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, uh, yeah, I between the two movies, and I know this is sort of silly. Like, why are we comparing these Apples two movies? Apples to oranges. The reason I thought it they were good to talk about is because they are both produced and created by Asian Americans, and most of their casts are Asian American or Asian or Asian. And I think that that's, it's important. And it's, it's important. And the fact and that it, they came out so close together, um, you know, and, and I just thought it was good to talk about. It was, it was a big year um, yeah. for that community and also for filmmaking in general, because mm-hmm. you need to have these kinds of stories come out. I mean, it's the 21st century. It's and time also, to just, Let's not actually forget. reflect the people who are in this yeah. country and not just Asians, but women, yeah. women making movies yeah. and making women for, you know, movies for women right. by women. Because always be my maybe was seen through her perspective yeah. as opposed to the traditional. Yeah. Yeah. Traditional guy meets girl, but it's mostly about the guy. Yeah. And it was a very successful film. And for the most part, you know, I think we do agree on that, that. It's a it's a celebration uh, celebration of filmmaking because we're getting new stories now, and that is that is just tremendous to hear and really inspiring for any of us who are minorities because we need that now more than ever. Yeah. So I think we should tink to both of those movies yeah. because that's they definitely both know, deserve it. Yeah, they done good. And by the way, what are you drinking tonight? Um, I'm drinking Apothic Rosé. Wonderful. It's delicious. A little bit of the leftover. And I'm settling in with my my alcoholic beverage of choice. And um, this sounds very tacky. How's that? It was you good. Made a I, face. Just, I swallowed wrong. <laughs> it's not the wine. It just hit my throat wrong. No, it's okay. Um, but these days, I, I've really resorted to just get as simple as possible with, with my, my drinks. So this might be off-putting to some people, but I'm actually just drinking grapefruit juice with tequila and some ice because it is it is an elixir it is incredible and it makes me feel good on a friday or saturday evening so if you want to try something new and simple check that out it has my vote (laughs) so what else are we going to talk about tonight uh okay here's our options we could talk about since we already talked about movies Let's not talk about movies. Okay. So we could talk about, all right, let's talk about politics. Yeah, let's talk about politics, the feel-good comedy of the summer. What I want to talk about is um, Trump's racist comments regarding regarding, um, specifically regarding the four, they're called the squad. And Which is very new and, and hip. Yeah, it's and, very hip. And, yeah, um, and, and that includes, like um, I don't I don't remember all four of their names. Ilhan I'm sorry, Omar. I'm, I'm going to get the tablet. Is okay. that okay? Yeah. Yeah. We got to be informed. Just keep the thing rolling because I don't want to edit. So, so the... Um, you just keep at it. Yeah. 
so the squad or the four uh, representatives, um, one of whom is Ilhan Omar, and essentially in a in a speech or no in a tweet he said it in a tweet. Yeah. Trump said, in in a nutshell, go back if you don't like it, go back to your country. If you don't like the way we're doing things, go back to your country. But he failed to realize or mention that three of the four of of the ladies in this squad are actually uh, American citizens. They're U.S. citizens born here. I believe... um, Ilhan Omar is a naturalized American citizen. She she came here when she was 17. Mm -hmm. Or no, she came before, but she became naturalized at 17. Yeah. But nonetheless, these are women who were elected into office. People wanted them in their positions, uh, and and they're representing their... uh, they're they're representing their districts. I don't um, know how to use this tablet. <laughs> how do you hit return? Okay, folks, uh, we actually have introduced some new technology to the to the podcast in our household. Uh, we got a tablet recently because we're going to go on a really long trip, and we want our kid to have something to to be distracted by uh, during our five hour road trip. And uh, now Maddie cannot figure it out, so maybe I should drive. What do you think? I'm just trying to find their names. Just type in Uh the squad. Okay, I found it. I found it. Okay, go for it. So the squad is Ilhan Omar, Democrat of Minnesota. Rashida, I'm sorry if I'm butchering her name. Rashida Tlaib of Michigan, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York, and Ayanna Presley of Massachusetts. So those are the four representatives that are called, that are considered the squad. Uh Um, And essentially... Trump said in a tweet, go back to your country if you don't like it. If you don't like what's happening in this country. And he pretty much said, like, you hate this country, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. And you hate it so much that you don't deserve an opinion on this country. Right. But the troubling thing is, and and moving past the the initial thing that sparked this this controversy, uh, which there are many right now. I mean, you can can pick your favorite controversy... um, that this particular president has uh, ignited and uh, you can discuss just about anything that is, uh, that is going wrong with America. But uh, what happened next, the, the president did not back down. He doubled down. He doubled down. And if you, if you get a chance to see it, there was a video floating around on Twitter at uh, his rally rally. And it might be uh, one of the most frightening things that one's ever seen, especially if you're, a person of color or a person who is uh, being identified in in these in these videos. I mean, the chant, mm-hmm. the the cold, soulless repetition, uh, backed by anger and and lack of consideration for for any kind of ethnic group or minority group is pretty terrifying. And yeah. So at the ra- at this rally, the crowd started chanting, "Send her back." Send her back. Send her back. And Trump has since said, I tried to stop the chant. He didn't. I've seen the video. You saw the video, He yeah. stands there for a full, like, 10 seconds saying nothing mm-hmm. and just lets the chanting go on and on. Yeah. Um, I read a post. Um, Bernie Sanders posted something. Um, he happened to be with her, with Ilhan Omar, the night that that happened. Yeah. And he asked her... You know, how does that 
How does that make, How does you, that feel? make you feel? Or are you okay? And, yeah. And she said, you know, sadly, I'm used to this. This isn't something right. that's new to me. Um, and and that, that's terrible. Yeah. That's an awful thing to... And I'd like to point out that, unfortunately, if if she was growing up here in the U.S. Um, for the last, uh, I hate to say it, 18 years, that's the kind of, of behavior and and stupidity that that, that particular uh, group has been subjected to since 9-11. Right. And people say, I think people are under the impression that if she were born here, that she would be treated differently. She wouldn't be. That's not the case. She would be treated exactly the same way as she's been being treated now. Right. Because she wears a head cover and she's Muslim. Like yeah. that's, and she's brown. Yeah. You know? Because uh, some folks like to assume and like to point the finger and it feels good to blame people, but we should not be focusing on that at this time. You know, we, I mean, she's, she's at least trying She's trying to provide answers for our country. She's trying to fight for her constituents. She's trying to do the right things. But there is no civility in, in the kind of rhetoric that that they're using right now against mm-hmm. her. And it's sad. It's On a positive note, um, there's a video floating around of her coming back to Minnesota. Um, and everybody, there's a huge crowd uh, waiting to greet her in the airport. Mm-hmm. That was saying they were chanting, welcome home, Ilhan. Right. And that was at least. That's pretty. Nice. Yeah. And that's pretty great because we we have to remind ourselves that what we see in the news cycle, whether it's on the right or the left, a lot of the time it's it's amplified and magnified because it's 24 hours. It's a news cycle. So they are going to go with a lot of the sound bites. They are going to go with with the more inflammatory things. But there is some good to come of this because the populace is waking up. There's folks, you know, not just in Ilhan's home, but but like in her home district, but also all around the country. So I, I have hope. I mean, I'm normally pretty jaded about this stuff, but I feel that hopefully if enough people show up, we should be able to to get the White House back. Yeah. Let's hope. But on the on the dark days, on the sad days, I'm like, oh, whatever, he's going to get reelected and then it's going to be business as usual. And then there's going to be a lot of um, damage that can't be repaired. I'm like, Civil War, yay, without (laughs) Um, the superheroes. Next time we record, I'd like to talk about Andrew Yang. Hell yes. I don't really think we have time now, but... Yeah, um, let's give him an official... uh, Are we going to give him the uh, official... our kids asleep endorsement. Our kids asleep endorsement because <laughs> I think it's early for that, but I do think I do think man, he has interesting things to say. Yeah, he he's made an impact on on us recently, and and we've been trying to learn more about the candidates, and especially after the debates, which were like a month ago. There's another one coming. There's another one coming up, so we might just do a special our kids asleep episode on politics, and maybe have some of our super politically involved friends or politically inclined friends uh, come along and maybe give us their their ideas Mm -hmm. or who they, who they're backing this time around. But for now, let's just uh, say that Andrew Yang is coming up next. And are we going to tink to this? We're not going to tink. We're going to tink to the squad, but we're not going to tink to the incidents that are happening right now. I will tink to the squad and I will tink to the positivity around them. That's right. Let's do this. It's powerful. I love it. Excellent. So let's end on a good note. Do you want to do a um, a throwback episode, or did you have anything else in mind here? 
we can talk about something like a comfort movie. <laughs> and uh, I can, we I can, can talk about the Sandlot. The Sandlot. <laughs> yeah, or not. And, well, we can we can talk about this if if you want. Like how I keep missing out on these great childhood movies that you, didn't you miss love. out on all of them well i yeah some of them like the big ones in your life like a christmas yeah, but you carol have other ones or a christmas uh what is it a christmas story a christmas story yeah and um the stuff i may missed because he grew up in mexico yeah. <laughs> stuff no, we did. Think... and now for this segment of stuff we didn't have in a third world country <laughs> well mexico is no longer a third world country i should really i don't think so oh good for mexico that was a long, that was a long time ago man yeah that's true. Times change. I don't really know what qualifies a country to be third world. Can we ask the internet if Mexico is still a third world okay. country? I really hope not because we've come a long way. Yeah. Um, well, we don't have to talk about the Sandlot if you don't want to, but I just thought it's summertime. It's a movie that I watched a lot. I played baseball a lot. Well, you know, let us uh, I'll let you take the lead on that one and uh, I will comment on that with my hopefully unbiased opinion. Because you've seen it yeah. since. I mean, you've yeah. watched it, but... It's a sweet movie. Is Mexico a third world country? <laughs> third world countries referenced the nations mostly in Asia and Africa that were not aligned with either the United States or the Soviet Union. What? Mexico hasn't been a really a third world country Third world countries ever. typically had colonial pasts. Well, yeah, okay. Asian so. Africa, Latin America, Oceania. After the fall, okay. Uh, we'll talk about this later. I don't understand what they're talking about. <laughs> I, it didn't give me a straight answer. Um, <laughs> so The Sandlot is a movie about um, a boy who moves into a new neighborhood right at the end of the school year. And so he doesn't have a lot of time to make friends before the summertime. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's kind of a nerd. He's not good at making friends. He doesn't know how to play baseball. But the kids in the neighborhood, that's all they do. Yeah. So he tries to sort of work his way in to hang out with them. And essentially the, the, the movie is them, you know, they're, they become buds. They're, they hit the ball into the mean neighbor's the mean yard, yard. And they have a, mm -hmm. he has a dog that's like a beast. And it's, you know. You know how kids see things that are, yeah. you know, they blow things up in their mind with imagination. Right. So the Sandlot, it's not like, I wouldn't say it's like Oscar worthy or anything, sure. but it's definitely a movie that was important to me as a child. Yeah. And let's backtrack and go to that then. Uh, when was the first time that you saw the Sandlot? Oh boy. I don't know. I was really young. What's though. your earliest memory of the thing? Um, like a memory that you connect to the Sandlot, like whether it's a family thing or you're watching it with friends. Yeah, I definitely watched it with my dad a lot. Yeah. Um, we would quote it all the time. And I've <laughs> um, been playing baseball with my dad since I was little, like four or five. Hmm. And so watching the Sandlot just seemed like the natural progression of things. Right. And you don't have to be humble about this. I know that you were... You're pretty damn good at that yeah i was okay i was i was uh i could hit a ball 
I can throw. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's um, what I hear that you can throw. Not because you've thrown shit at me uh, here in the household. No, but. I, um, I do have, I do have an arm. Um, <laughs> I played softball one year, but, um, I kind of wish I'd played later because I was older, but I don't they know. They have teams here, babe. Yeah, they do now. Yeah. They didn't when I was a kid. Yeah. Well, well not know. too late. Never too late. Anyway. But yeah, so baseball was sort of like the thing that my dad and I connected on when I was little. And, um, I was also his, I never thought about it this way, but I was his first child and I was a girl. So I don't know if this was just sort of his way of trying to connect to me because I, because I was not because he couldn't connect to me otherwise, but that's the way he knew how. And so I don't know. Well, you know, uh, obviously, uh, this, this applies to a lot of, a lot of dads, but, um, Gramps, your dad, mm-hmm. he he's like a hands-on guy. Like he he's like a practical, you know. Like I'm going to show you this, you yeah. know, and let's let's talk about it. Let's let me just get you over here so that you can do the thing. Mm-hmm. Like I want you to do it, you know, and that way I'm imparting something, yeah, um, for you to take with you. And you know, luckily he's doing that with uh, with our son too. Yeah, and um, you're right. I mean, that's got to be just the most immediate way to, to connect with your child is to pass on something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, so we would watch that movie together and, um, and you know, I know that a lot of girls watch the Sandlot. I know because I know girls who liked to watch the, you know, grew up watching that movie, hmm. but it is a boy movie. It's all <laughs> yeah. boys. Yeah. And one of the biggest insults in the whole movie is you play ball like a girl. <laughs> and I never remember like feeling offended by that, but feeling like it didn't apply to me, yeah, which is a weird thing to feel about it, I guess. But I just remember thinking like, I play well enough that I could play with those boys. That you can hold your own. Yeah. Right. And it's not so much like you, you were getting offended by that, but more like, no, I'm pretty sure that I would do a better job than you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you weren't intimidated by, by that no, accusation. No, not at all. No. And uh, and I thought it was, you know, obviously it's a funny moment in the movie that that's what, that's the breaking point that causes mm-hmm. them to have like a, yeah. a scrimmage. Um, but yeah, I mean, the movie is just, it's a classic and it means a lot, mm-hmm. you know, to me personally. And uh, like even the music from that movie is... Uh, I don't know. It evokes a lot of memories. It takes and, you back to that special time. Yeah. Yeah. And it also has um, James Earl Jones. Like right oh, at the yeah, end, yeah, yeah. he plays yeah. the uh, the guy who owns the dog. Right. Um, right. And it turns out he's, if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, this movie's like 30 years old. <laughs> it turns out he was uh, a murderer's row baseball player. Mm. And he played with Babe Ruth. And the right. boys, you know, this is a period piece. So these boys are like, they're boys in the sixties mm-hmm. and, uh, they like, their minds are blown. That <laughs> all this, this man, time, all this time you yeah. were here. Oh, yeah. and the big, the big thing is that the boys hit a ball yeah. signed by Babe Ruth. Oh, right. That the little, the boys, um, the steal. main boy, yeah. Dennis Leary plays his stepdad uh-huh. and he not knowing who Babe Ruth is or the significance of that. They, they lose their ball over the fence and they can't play anymore because they can't afford to buy another one. And he's like, wait, 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 I have a ball. 
Oh, and he goes right, into Dennis right. Leary's trophy room, <laughs> takes the ball, and they play with it, and he yeah. hits it over the fence into the oh, yeah. God. And then he's like, "That's that was my dad's ball. It was signed by some lady. Her name was Ruth, Baby Ruth." <laughs> and the boys freak the freak out, and they're like, "Babe Ruth." Oh yeah. my! Anyway, God. that's the the impetus for them trying to get the ball back. Right, but overall, I mean, it's even now it it's a fairly entertaining movie. We watched it with our son recently. Yeah, he it was, likes it. Yeah, it was a really good one. But for me, I have no emotional attachment to the movie yeah because i just i saw it way later i mean i was already at like a teenager i think mm. or, or maybe on my way into my 20s yeah. when i saw that movie and so sadly i i have no real affiliation or moments that really just kind of like like tug at the hard strings for me i'm like this is this is a really good movie all right all right lot. take it easy tablet. yeah, yeah. It's just slow down man all right um but, that, but that's and pretty you know, much, and I don't, yeah. I don't think that's necessarily. Uh, we're joking, of course, but I don't. Obviously, I have those movies too, movies that I didn't see, yeah, when they mattered, <laughs> and then I tried to watch them later, and I'm like, this is dumb. Like, which I is have pretty no, much all of the movies now. I have no yeah. emotional connection to them. Like, yeah. I tried the my movie that that has that issue is uh, Ten Things I Hate About You. All right, everybody right. my age loves that movie because they saw it when they were 14. Right. I didn't see it when I was 14. I watched it when I was like 25 and I was like, this is lame. <laughs> Heath Ledger's hair is dumb. The, the only reason I know about that movie is because of uh, not another teen movie where they made fun of that movie. Oh. And then I saw 10 things I hate about you and we watched it together cause we hadn't seen it. Oh, did we? Yeah. And, and we were like, Oh, we've been missing out on this movie. We should probably get get to it, yeah. and uh, yeah. I was, I was like, I'd down. rather just yeah. read the Taming of the Shrew. Thank That's you. That's fine. Much. Yeah, we're okay with that. Um, but there, there's a, a handful of movies, and I was just going to say that it's probably better that I don't have a lot of those movies because then I'd just be crying all the time, <laughs> like I usually do with with movies that I that I connect with. Mm -hmm. uh, but. Now, one that I do like is uh, The Big Green, and I hadn't seen that movie. The Big Green is good. And we can talk about that, you know, mm -hmm. that one some other time. You hadn't um, seen that one? No. Not when you were a kid? Mm -mm. Oh. Mm -mm. I thought you had for some reason. Maybe I had, but I, I have no <coughs> recollection. No yeah. recollection of that it. That was another one we watched a lot. Yeah, so we that might be a recurring segment of uh, of things that, uh, that Jay missed out. That's kind of an interesting in perspective. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of an interesting, an interesting perspective because... I think for people who saw a movie when they were a kid versus someone who didn't see that movie, yeah. they have vastly different opinions on that movie. Yeah. And I, I always think about this moment because it was so peculiar, but it only made sense to me later where uh, I have associations to America. I have associations to to the U.S. that don't really make any any sense. I mean, because... I think my life started to happen right around the time where like NAFTA started to become a thing. And there was more of like, um, a back and forth, you mm -hmm. know, culturally between the U S and Mexico. And so we were just on the cusp of getting more, mm -hmm. getting more American influence, getting more mm -hmm. American stuff. And obviously we're just around the corner. So it's not like we, you know, I was like living in Senegal or something. Right. I mean, there's still access. And the one thing that still sticks in my mind is, and this sounds like, hokey as shit but i'm gonna tell you anyway the first word that i learned in english on my own was a word that i learned uh watching the hallmark channel 
Hmm. We had the Hallmark channel, like on whatever package my, my grandparents had. And all I remember was there was always a preview for a, a movie with the man who I learned later would be John Lithgow. Hmm. And it was about a guy who had AIDS. And he said the word opportunity. Hmm. And I, that was the only word that I understood in that phrase that he was like, in what he was saying. Mm-hmm. And that was the first word that I learned in English. Hmm. And I was like, oh, it's all hokey. <laughs> it's the American dream. <laughs> you would soon know what opportunity is. But, <laughs> you know, like, that's one of those things where like, it, I didn't connect the dots until later. And I was like, holy shit, that was John Lithgow. <laughs> and I just found out about that movie a few years back. And mm-hmm. then I was like, what the fuck was the Hallmark Channel doing in, in yeah, Mexico, you know? that's weird. Um, so there's a lot of, like, weird things like that that I'm trying to put together. But mm. um, I know, I guess, John Lithgow's always been in my life. <laughs> now I'm just on a tangent. So I don't know. You can just cut me off whenever. Mm. But uh, in terms of just movies and, mm. and experiences, I don't know. I just don't know. Mm. But I'll get Do there. you like the Sandlot? I like it. Or is yeah, it just I, like... I, Eh, it's fine. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know what the right answer is because if I say that it's a piece of shit movie, then you <laughs> well, know. I know you don't think. I don't that, know if you want but... me to sign the divorce papers or anything. But <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I don't know. I just couldn't remember the um, if I made you watch it at some point or if I'm we just watched sure... it with with our son or. I I, I think I watched it before. Mm-hmm. Oh, before me. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. I just didn't. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it just wasn't on my radar. Yeah. Well, and also if you're not into baseball, like... Right. It really wouldn't really... You know, it wouldn't ring with you if you're not... I mean, you know, it does, of course, but... Yeah. For me, it was not just the movie. It was also the sport that was associated with the movie Mm -hmm. that made it it special. Yeah, and I think what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to to cover a lot more uh, baseball movies uh, because I know that there's a lot that you really enjoy. I haven't seen a lot of baseball movies, to be honest. Well, I was going to point out A League of Their Own, which is a a movie that, that, yeah, uh, I know that you enjoy. Um, I used to watch Angels in the Outfield. Now, that's a movie that I watched. uh, It's a good movie. Yeah, a bit when I was a kid. Mm Mm-hmm. But um, for now, uh, it's up to you whether we're going to do three tinks tonight. Yeah, let's tink to the yeah. sandlot. Let's tink to that before the tequila runs out. Thank you. I'm telling you guys, try it. Tequila and grapefruit juice and a little bit of ice uh, brought to you by, I don't know, what's a sponsor that we wish we had? Mm, I don't know. We've been running out of toilet paper recently and, and I don't know. If maybe there's something that we can work out with some of the... Charmin. No, I don't like Charmin. I don't. Scott's? Sure. Is Scott's okay? Like, is that the one that hurts? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's not the one that hurts? The one we've been using is Members Mark, which is the Sam's Club brand. That shit is legit. This episode of Our Kids Asleep is brought to you by Sam's Club Members Mark. (laughs) Ass wiping paper. (laughs) guaranteed to get the job done i think they prefer tissue paper brought to you by the number one tissue paper (laughs) what is going on okay i think it's time to wrap up the show um but i wanted to thank you guys for sticking around uh for 21 episodes and listening rate review subscribe we did get one five-star review on apple did you notice yeah i did i think Hopefully it was Steve. Uh, if not, thank you to whoever's out there. Uh, Did it, was there like a name attached to it or anything? I just saw it on the website because I was oh. I was looking at the iTunes link because I needed to I'll put it somewhere. To and it. yeah, 
maybe maybe there's like words there too that say these guys are fucking suck <laughs> why would they give us five stars and then tell us we suck i don't know trolls oh jason i don't know <laughs> somebody might do it yeah but anyway, uh, we just wanted to thank you folks, and we hope that you have a wonderful day or night, whenever it is that you're listening to the show. And uh, please take care of yourselves, buckle up, and what else? Have a good week. Have a good week. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Should I do that again? Was that too spooky? It's creepy. Goodbye. <laughs> have a good night, folks. I can't do the... F- okay. I Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> <laughs>